In this video, we're gonna talk about heroin and how it can actually help you out with your fat loss goals. Boom. Yes, team, what is happening? Sharif Lawton in the building. Hopefully you are well and welcome back into the Fit After 30 show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. If you are new here, my name is Sharif Lawton, guiding men and women in their 30s and their 40s to an absolutely incredible body transformation without sacrificing work, family life, or indeed socials. We want to get rid of the notion that your best days are behind you and find your plan and a lifestyle and nutrition schedule, which basically complements, not complicates your already busy life. And welcome in, as I say. So with that, I was so gutted to not have got one of these out to you. Last week, half-term absolutely kicked my ass. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's the 31st of October today. You're going to be out and about with the kids doing trick-or-treating, I'm sure. But ultimately, it just really threw me off routine. Don't worry, we are going to get a little bit of catch-up going on to make sure that, you know, over the course of time, one every single week will now be moving forwards. But yeah, that, that kicked my ass a little bit. If you're on my email list, actually, you would have seen some really, really key pointers in which I gave so many of you guys when it comes to what to do with your training, what to do with your nutrition, what to do with the treats and the snacks and the temptations, which basically rear their head every single time we've got half terms, holidays and what have you, and just ways in which you can, number one, get back on track fast. Number two, adapt the plan so that you're not constantly being like on plan, off plan. And number three, just kind of preparing for the inevitable setbacks, which, you know, holidays can bring when it comes to your own goals, you know, be that fat loss, muscle building, et cetera, et cetera. Now, again, if you've not hit subscribe, just make sure you hit that little bell notification, hit that button to make sure you're not missing further episodes now moving forward. As I say, I'm really enjoying this long form stuff, but if you are kind of active on social media, probably Instagram is the easiest place to find me at Shreve Lawton. I will, uh, I'll see you there. We can have a chat in the DMs and, and go back and forth. So what on earth am I talking about when it comes to heroin? And, and for the books, uh, even though this thumbnail makes it look like I am a heroin user myself, um, I can assure you that I've never done any drugs in my life apart from alcohol. And this was now deep into my contest prep when I was doing bodybuilding. I was about 6% body fat, very, very low and depleted on food substrate, on body fat, on glycogen, on carbohydrates in general. And uh, veins absolutely running through my body. And I look, I, yeah, I look pretty bad. And then you're going to see exactly what we're now going to be talking about in this video. So I want to give you an analogy and I'm going to talk to you about something which is going to be so applicable for you today. But the best way that I can actually do this is by telling you a story. So buckle up, grab an espresso and let's dive in. You see, in 1971, the Vietnamese War was in its 16th year and a chap called Robert Steele did some research about US servicemen abroad. And what he found was absolutely fascinating and actually a little bit horrifying. See, what he found was that up to 20% of US servicemen abroad were addicted to the drug heroin and up to 35% had even tried it. Now, the reason why this stunned and shocked the American public at the time so much was because heroin was thought to be basically a one-way street. It was supposed to be one of the most addictive substances on the planet, a very powerful and potent narcotic, and even one try of this drug could lead you down, obviously, a very slippery slope. But the, the real key findings in this whole study and experiment came after when the US servicemen got back to home soil and they were followed up over a number of years. See, what they found is that over the first year, only 5% relapsed and went back to being addicted to the drug. And after three years, only 12% relapsed and were re-addicted to the drug. And that basically means that seemingly overnight, nine out of 10 servicemen who were once addicted to this drug, which was thought to be you know, impossible to break the addiction and what have you, 
just seemingly lost the addiction overnight and were absolutely fine. So essentially, once the US servicemen found themselves in a different environment with different cues and different triggers and different contexts, the kind of actions changed. And if you think they were around certain people, certain situations at the time whereby everyone was doing it, they were highly stressed and they were around the triggers to do so, but now the context had completely changed and they stopped getting addicted to this drug, which again, flew in the face of what so many people believed about addiction at the time. And if we compare this to the typical drug user, right? They get addicted, they go into rehab, they do the program, they come out and up to 90% of people who are, have tried heroin become re-addicted within that first year compared to these stats, which are completely different. So what on earth had changed? Why is it important to you? And what can you learn about this when it comes to your own fat loss? And I think to really understand this, a quote from James Clear really hits home. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. We tend to believe that our habits are a production of our motivation, our talent, our effort. Certainly these qualities matter, but the surprising thing is that especially over a long period of time, your personal characteristics tend to get overpowered by your environment. Just think about it, right? Eat less, move more. If you're overweight, if you're a smoker, if you have a self-sabotaging habit, you've probably had the thought process or maybe even been told you need more discipline, you need more willpower, you need to be more motivated to make a change, you're just being lazy. The fact of the matter is, research has conclusively shown that in recent years, it's less to do with you lacking willpower, lacking discipline, lacking motivation, and it's more to do with the fact that your internal cues, judging by your external, are causing you to engage in the behaviors in which you probably don't wanna do. You haven't set your environment up for success, and there's too many cues and triggers around you. Whereas in fact, if we put you in an entirely different environment, it'll be far easier to reach your goals, no matter what they may be. In other words, people who are quote unquote disciplined actually organize and structure their lives in such a way that they do not have to rely on the finite version of willpower and discipline to get the job done and use a heroic amount of it. And actually, they just basically have made sure that the default options are the ones which they want to engage in and the ones which they don't want to do are actually quite hard to come by. And again, James Clear talks about this in his book, Environment is the Invisible Hand Which Shapes Success. And ultimately, they spend less time in tempting situations because it is so much easier to practice self-restraint when you don't have to use it often. So just like the story about the US servicemen abroad is soon as they moved back, the context had changed, the cues had changed, the triggers had changed, they were no longer addicted. I want you to have a little think about right now, is your environment set up for success? And by environment, I mean your sphere and circle of influence. I mean about what the right things are around you because so many people set themselves up for failure before they've even started. And I'm gonna give you some action points so you can actually set yourself up for success so you have to rely far less on motivation, on willpower and discipline, and you can actually just get into like an automated pattern of routines when it comes to nailing your workouts, nailing your nutrition, and making sure that, as I say, the default option is the one which is gonna move you forward and the option which is gonna be a bit of self-sabotage is actually quite hard hard to come by. So when it comes to environment, the first thing that we're going to now be looking at is your sphere and circle of influence. And you just got to have a look at, are the people around you actually backing what you're doing? Do they understand what you're doing? Are they in your corner? Do they really understand that you are going to have to live a different way, eat a different way, train at certain times, go out and get your steps in, prioritize sleep, have proper stress management, or actually are they always like, hey, come up for a drink and let's eat delivery room crap food and what have you. And I'll say two things about this. Number one, oftentimes it's your most nearest and dearest who are the, the ones which sabotage you the most, or at the very least throw a spanner in the works. And that also can be because it's actually got everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. You see, when they see you leveling up, 
oftentimes it's a bit of a mirror in the face as to like, right, they're leading this life in which I want to. They're showing so much, you know, courage, discipline and different habits and all the rest of it. And actually what it does is it shows them a version of you in which they are not comfortable with. You are changing and you are transforming. You're leveling up in front of their very eyes. And sometimes that can be quite an uncomfortable feeling if they've not yet started that transformative journey themselves. And the way in which they kind of self-soothe is by trying to bring you back down. And like I say, it can actually be sometimes your, your most nearest and dearest. So what I would say is that you see people like Gary Vee and all these other kind of mentors and all the rest of it telling you to like sack off your friends and bin off your mom and like throw your auntie away because they don't understand your mission and vision and you just got to keep the blinkers on. It's like, no, I've got friends who aren't into fitness. I've got friends if, you know, we meet up, we're going to have a few too many drinks and what have you. But I also know that when it's time to get the job done, I'm very, very select about who I listen to. And hey, the whole beautiful thing about this, if you're listening to this in some remote part of the world or country or what have you, is that we've got online, we've got YouTube, you know, we've got Spotify, we've got podcasts, we've got Instagram. So if your feed is curated with people who are making you feel bad or worthless, you are choosing to let that into your world. Instead, what you want to do is follow people who are inspiring. Follow people who are a little bit above you. Follow people who are going to give you actionable tips that you can level up with. So what you're doing is curating your environment for success rather than making you feel bad and what have you and getting into this you know, comparison syndrome, which unfortunately social media is really known for. So that's number one. Have a look at your sphere and circle of influence. Because guess what? No matter what you want to achieve right now with your body, be that losing weight, you know, be that getting ripped, be that uh, adding muscle, be that just getting yourself back to a healthy state so you can run around and play with the kids, whatever it may be. The crazy thing is that someone has already done it. Someone has stepped in the shoes before you. And oftentimes someone has done it in a worse off situation. They've had less resources, less money, less backing, less support, and they've still got the job done. So for me, if there's something you want to achieve and someone in the world has already done it, we got to learn from that. We got to learn from them. So I want you to be really tight with who you are listening to when it comes to your training, when it comes to your nutrition, when it comes to your lifestyle management, and especially in social media. Goodness me, like there's so much conflicting information in terms of like, he said keto, he said carnivore, he said Atkins, she said South Beach, whatever it may be. And it can leave you a little bit bamboozled. So pick who you want to listen to and, and be really tight with it because ultimately too many cooks spoil the broth. And you know, if you don't have the right people in your sphere and circle of influence, very hard to get the job done, okay? So I want you to have a little audit of the people around you, friends, family members, people you follow on social media. Are they lined up with your mission and your vision or are they the ones that are making you feel a bit shit? Are they the ones that are actually pulling you down to self-sabotaging behaviors which you're trying to get rid of? Because, you know, no man is an island. You need a team of people around you in order to help you level up. And if you're constantly trying to do something which is flying in the face of what everyone else wants to do, very, very hard to get the job done. I'll tell you a little story. About two years now, we had a lady inside 23 Lean and she even came to one of our live events. She was doing phenomenally well. I'm talking about she was dropping a pound or two every single week. She was already down the stone within 90 days. But ultimately, her husband uh, was telling her that, hey, why are you doing this coaching program? It's an absolute waste of time. Don't want to do it. Every single one of her friends in her WhatsApp group, they were bakers for whatever reason, right? And so they would always come around and be like, hey, Sue, can you try like this cake or this bit or this that? And ultimately, no one around her was in line with her mission and her vision. So when it got hard, all she was hearing was, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of money. And eat these cakes and try these, these baked treats. Can you see how she was never going to win because her circle and sphere of influence was too strong in pulling her back down? So have a real audit about that. 
And then of course, unless you've been living under a rock, you know just how important and impactful food is when it comes to making you look a certain way and managing body weight and making you feel good, right? Well, it's gonna be very hard to pick the right options if every time you come home from work or from the weekend or whatever it may be, you look in your fridge and you look in your cupboard and there's just shit everywhere. There's cakes and there's chocolates and crisps and sweets and biscuits and ice cream. And actually the fridge is never filled with the foods which you know are gonna move you forward. You know, there's no lean cuts of meat. There's no Greek yogurt. There's no fruits, there's no vegetables, there's no potatoes, there's no oats. And actually, you know, you're making it very, very hard to make the right choice and right decision because all it takes is a stressful event or a situation at work, a row with the partner, a bad night's sleep, whatever it may be, and you're like, F it, I'm not gonna do this. Why? Because your willpower is completely depleted. And this whole thing is about engineering your environment so that the default option is the one that you wanna make. And so rather than having all that tempting food around the house, again, let's not use willpower. Just don't have it in the house. If it's not there, it's quite hard to eat it. Would you agree? Of course, you can put on your jacket, you can put on your coat, you can put on your shoes, you can walk to the shops and, and buy it. But just think about how many opportunities and how much friction there is then between you doing that or thinking about that and actually doing that. You've got so many opportunities to pull yourself up on your own bullshit and to stop it compared with if it's just in front of you, you know how easy it is to inhale some absolute nonsense down your throat. And before you know it, that's 2000 calories gone. And ultimately, you know, you're still hungry and now you're just pissed off because you've had a bit of a binge. You've made it too easy. So again, you wanna be making sure that, you know, we have a food shop locked and loaded every Sunday, every Wednesday, sort of start of the week and then midweek. You wanna make sure that, you know, if you're tempted by things like Deliveroo and Uber Eats, you don't have them on your phone. You wanna make sure that, if the pub or if the bar is a massive trigger for you, okay, then just saying no to those sorts of places for the time being. And then it becomes easier to basically say no again and again. But what I want you to try and think about is let's stop using willpower to get the job done. And let's start using your environment properly. Get yourselves around the right people. Get yourselves locked and loaded with a food shop, right? When it came to the pandemic, I used to tell my private coaching clients inside 23 if you are finding it mentally quite challenging to work out at home in the same places, you know, you've got your kitchen, you've got the washing, you've got your dinners and what have you, which obviously it is, I want you to, again, make it easy. Lay your clothes out the night before, put the Nespresso pod in the machine the night before, have your music locked and loaded, ready to go with your earphones, you know, charged up. And therefore, it's just going to be easy. Your bands are laid out, your dumbbells are laid out, whatever it's going to be. So you make it the default option, right? The more friction that you put in between what you want to do and what you have to do, the more that you are going to flop and fail. Because can we agree that this whole thing, getting the body you want, getting the health you want, it's all about consistency over time. Like fuck perfection, this is about being consistent. And if you can't be consistent, you will never get your results. And if we have to use a lot of willpower, a lot of energy, and a lot of uh, just grit and determination, which of course comes into it, but if you're constantly having to use that again and again and again, it's gonna be very hard to get the job done. You need to be the person who just does the do, right? Without having to think about how do I actually do it? And of course it's hard at first, but again, to engineer your environment for success is one of the key tricks, characteristics, and traits of my most successful clients. I just see it time and time again. So I wanted to leave that with you. Environment is the invisible hand which shapes success. And hey, that is why we have such a big emphasis on community, on live events inside 23 Lean and what have you, because we know just how powerful it is when you're with the right minds, when you're with the right people, when you're with people who get it and who understand your struggles and potentially are a little bit above where you are right now. So you can lean in and you can learn from them. It's the easiest way to shortcut the process. So hopefully 
you enjoyed the, the heroin analogy and story. I wish you all the best for the week ahead. Already looking forward to the next video and I'll talk to you very soon in a bit. Take care.